Ethan's busy. I'm going to have to run to a meeting. I have a meeting at 2 o'clock. Okay, well, I'll, I'll finish before 2, okay? <laughs> there are... The good thing is that it's, uh, it's right here on Soto and Olympic, so that's a good thing. The bad thing is it's 5 minutes to 2. Sure. Yeah, let's go. Too busy, uh, too busy doing production right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, busy. They did a um, statistical analysis on various cities in Israel. Which city has the, uh, unfortunately, which people have the most uh, likelihood of getting cancer? They found that the people have the least chance based on statistics, are people from Nebrak. Then second most is Beit Shemesh and third is Yushalayim. They also examined who... The least, the most. The least chance. The least chance. They also said that uh, the people who uh, smoke the least, the least percentage are smokers, are again Yushalayim and Nebrak. And they also, the Iton Haaretz did a a analysis of who, which which people in Israel, which city is the happiest city, and yes, believe it or not, the happiest city is Nebrak, <laughs> which which tells us a lot about uh, you know being happy. Yeah, interesting story. What you're saying. Yeah. So today in the paper, there was a couple from the Chemish. They couldn't have kids for a long time. Finally, I don't know. They went to Rabbi Kanievsky. 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 And he they opened the. They had a baby. You should see the whole neighborhood, the whole city, half the city was there celebrating, wow. waiting for the woman to come with the baby. Don't come with me. What do you ask such a thing? What do you do with the airship? We don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, that, that, that's the. That is. Right. Like an Indian tribe. <laughs> like a Jewish. Like, a, like, like, like Jews who can't touch Hashem. Which tells us about everything's part of the happiness. That's 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 a, that's a beautiful story. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. So, so the Torah does guide us to a path to get being happier, more fortunate. And there's something from this week's Torah portion through three halachot, three laws. Which is sort of like a, a tower. We'll be able to now analyze how these three lachot give us a different, new paradigm, new perspective on life. that help us to have really a, a whole different, a whole different way of living. The lachot, interestingly, are pretty uh, obscure halachot. They're laws about the laws of impurity, laws of tuma. The law is halacha is that if you have a uh, a vessel, you have a a cup, and it's touched by a reptile. Halacha is that the vessel is now considered impure. It's tamay. But there's a condition. It depends. If the vessel is made out of metal, then it becomes, it's able to, to become contaminated. However, it's if it's made from clay, if it's made from sand or whatever, it's made from clay, earthenware vessel, it cannot become contaminated unless, unless it has a, a inside. So that means if you, if you, it works both ways. It works both with receiving, being touched by the vessel. If you're touched by a, a metal vessel that's contaminated, you will become contaminated. If the reptile touches the vessel, it will contaminate it. But with earthenware, only if it goes inside does it absorb the impurity, and only something that goes inside it does it project this impurity. Why? 
So the Chidush Arim, he says like this, he says, with every thing that's holy, all the creepy-crawly things, the non-holy things, try to get nourishment from them. Tuma in impurities, is something which tries to leech on to holiness. So where there is more holiness, where there's more meaning, that's where this thing gets, gets attached to. So when you have a, a metal, gold, silver, that itself has, has value. Gold has value. It wouldn't be a golden table, a golden spoon, a golden plate, whatever it is. It's valuable because it's gold. But earthenware isn't valuable. Why is it valuable? It's only valuable because it, it has a function. You could, you could put something inside, because it's, it's something that has a, a inner core. In a similar way, the Torah tells us that a human being, like earthenware, comes from the earth. That's what the word Adam means. Adam, which means man, comes from Adama, from the earth. So the Torah compares us to earthenware. We're like, we're like earthenware. How so? Think about it. A human being, once heard this interesting uh, statistic, we put into our bodies a few kilograms, more than a few kilograms a week. So over a year, we consume about a ton of food. So in 20 years, you have about 20 tons. In a lifetime, 60 years, 80 years, you have absorbed, you have ingested 60 tons, 80 tons, depending on the lifespan. Now, after a person's lived for 80 years, and he's eaten 80 tons of food, how much does he weigh? <laughs> <laughs> he only weighs 70, 80, 90 pounds after put, putting into his body 80 tons of water and food. And so, so it tells us that um, where is the investment? Where did it go? It tells us that what we're about is not necessarily uh, the, uh, the, the physical body <coughs> that, 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 that is just external. Rather, it's about what's inside us. Just like in the earthenware vessel, the main thing is what's inside so too with our human being. God forbid someone lost a relative. You don't just think about their body and how they looked. What, what, you, what you remember from those people is who they were, their character, their, their persona, their kindness, their warmth. Projected by the experiences you had, fine. But you remember their inner, inner strength, the inner, inner person they are. So the first halakha tells us that who, what, what's important isn't necessarily just the, uh, the stuff that we're doing. What's important is where it's going. Like one philosopher spoke about how people give away all of their money, I'm sorry, all of their health to get money, and then, give, and then later in life, they give away all their money for their health. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so, so uh, that's the first halacha. and tells us a lot about where, where we need to, to aim. But there's another halacha. Other halacha is fascinating. Other halacha is like this. Back to the earthenware vessel. The earthenware vessel only can absorb something impure, only can become contaminated if it has a, if it has a cliquey bull. If it's able to, like a cup, if it has something which can, which can retain something, it can become impure. However, if it just has a, it has nothing to retain anything inside it, no empty space inside it, it's just a, something that's used for something, let's say a table or a chair, it can never become contaminated. It only can become contaminated if it has an empty thing inside it. This is a very, the Rebbe said this is a lot of message for us for life. There is, are people everyone, who, are, who feel when they're born, you know, Hashem made us with something, with an empty, with, with, with a ability to receive things. We're able to get, get things in life. Some people live in order to get from life. Some people live in order to give to life. So are you alive because of what you're about, your impact, what you're giving to the world? 
Or are, is your life about what you get? And, and an interesting thing is that people who focus on what they get in life, you would think they'd be a lot happier. People think, I can receive, I have a place to receive, I want to receive, I want to get more, I want to get this, I want to get a car, I want to get a house, I want to get this, I want to get that. You think if you focus on your ego, you'd be happier. But what psychologists, not just Jewish psychologists, and Jewish psychiatrists, and Torah, and rabbis, but this is something which is, which is world recognized by everyone. We're all Jewish. Okay. <laughs> we don't need an Andrew Stelz to this, don't but... ask what your wife can do for you, ask what you can do for your wife. <laughs> okay. That's the secret to the Fantastic. That's good. I like it. Fantastic. So... It's copyrighted, bro. <laughs> Great mark. Copyright. So, so but, but we're not just saying this for no, altruistic reasons. What you're saying is altruistic. What you're saying is, is, is ideal, ide, idealistic. I'm talking about having a more happy, fortunate life. Yeah, yeah. That you've discovered people who are interested in getting aren't happier. Even though they're, they're, they're putting some more stuff into themselves, but they're, they're not happy. Yeah. As um, uh, Viktor Frankl, famous uh, psychologist, philosopher, he said, the greatest need of human being is meaning. It's the greatest need that we have. If a person's searching their whole life for wealth, they're searching their whole life to get stuff, they lose the wealth. You know why? Because the wealth isn't outside. The wealth is inside of you. So if you're looking your whole life to get the wealth, you're, you're not going to get it because the real wealth isn't, isn't outside of you. The real wealth is in you. So the cliquey bull, what, what becomes contaminated? What kind of life is contaminated when your life is about what you get? But the vessels which have a function, which have a reason to be there, they're accomplishing something, those vessels don't become contaminated. There was this guy named uh, Gordon Zacks. I think it was in the 1960s. He had this plan to like help all the Jewish people with $100 million. Give me $100 million, and I'll solve everybody's problems. In the 60s, I guess that was possible. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he had a very fascinating audience with the Rebbe. Very interesting audience. The Rebbe told them to give him the hundred million dollars. The Rebbe knows what to do with it. And long, it's, 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 it may sound funny, but it's not. It was very serious about it. And the, the, the conversation finished. Gordon Zach forgot about it. He came to the Rebbe nineteen years later with his daughter. It was more than that. He was twenty-five. I don't remember. At least nineteen. I don't remember. The Rebbe used to have private audiences, but as the crowds grew bigger, the private audiences said, you, you, "You were there, Isaac, right?" You just pass by the Rebbe for a second. They'll give you a dollar and the next person will buy A second. He goes by the Rebbe. It's not even a second. It's a half a second. It's, it, you go, the Rebbe gives you a dollar. He says, Bracha vaslacha, And the next person comes. If you stand your ground, they can say another word. That's it. He comes by with his daughter. The Rebbe immediately continues the conversation that they've had. As, as if they started 19 years ago. So this guy, is, you see it's a video. He says, you're amazing. He didn't say his name. He didn't say, just, you're amazing. That was 19 years ago. How did you do that? Now, let's say you tell someone you're amazing. Let's say, let's say, Eitan, getting back to your wife. And she tells you you're amazing, right? So, so, so <laughs> you're, you're on tape, you're on tape, Eitan, be careful. <laughs> Good. So what, what's your reaction? What's your reaction when someone tells you you're amazing? What's your reaction? Some people, they blush. Some people... <laughs> El, you for sure are amazing. Some people, they blush. Some people say, stop it, you're not serious, you know. And some people have a little more, you know, self-confidence. They say, thank you very much, and they move on, right? The Rebbe, immediately, it's hard to, to for us, us Neanderthals to comprehend what the Rebbe said, but the Rebbe said, what will it accomplish that I'm amazing? Is that what the Rebbe saying? What will it accomplish that I'm amazing? Everything that Hashem gave us is for a purpose. It's, it's, for, it's a reason to accomplish something. Hashem put a... How do we start off our day every day? What, what, what is, what's the first thing we do? Modani. 
Well, the Ani is, is such a powerful tool in life, in, in, in knowing where, where you're going to be happy. Well, the Ani starts off your day and identifies who you are. Eitan, you're, you're like 26, right? <laughs> so 26 years ago, on, you were born on, uh, let's say, December 5th and August 20, uh, in, 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 in December... Uh, 1980-something. Yeah. So the God's looking at his world, and God says, Stop! The world cannot go on without Eitan. There's something only Eitan can do. That's what Moda'ani tells us. You may make lots of mistakes in your life. You may have get dirty. You may get broken. But every day you wake up and you know, I'm here for a reason. I got something only I can do in this world. And that's why Hashem brought me to the world. So the key to not becoming impure, to having a good life, is, to, is not to just to be about that empty thing inside of you and say, I, what could I put inside it? It's about thinking about what you're, you're ambassador of Hashem and what you're here to give the world. There could be in a house, you could have ten children, a husband and wife and grandparents, all living in the same house, living in completely different spaces. Everyone has a different perspective of what they're doing in that house. These grandparents tell, tell their children, grandchildren about life in the old country, life in Europe. So the, thank you very much. The grandfather says... Ah, life in Europe, it was amazing. It was trees and nature. And his wife says, what are you talking about? It was muddy, it was dirty, it was... So the grandsons, are you sure you guys live in the same place? You know? <laughs> the grand, the grand, and it's true. It's true. Everyone can live in the same house. I know in my house, all of us, we work Hashem, we, have, we, we, have, we all live in the same house, my family. And everyone in my family is very different from each other. They all live in completely different places. So, the... Uh, the second halacha is telling us, you know how to keep yourself sane, keep yourself ground, keep yourself happy by thinking about what you're here to give the world. That's how second halacha. There's a third halacha. Third halacha is like this. Third halacha is, if you have a vessel that could receive, but could also give, it also does not become tameh. It also cannot become impure. Hashem wants us, on the one hand, to know that we're here with a gift from Hashem, but don't focus on just the gift. Focus on what you, can, what you can do with it. A pipe that receives, but also transfers. Was, it was, you, you're over there by Birch Sabanim? I was there uh, every Kippur. Which year? Memches. Wow, that's what I was talking about. Birch Sabanim Memches is what I was actually going to share with you. The, the Rebbe before Yom Kippur, everyone gives a blessing to their children. The Rebbe's children are, are his students in his yeshiva. So before Yom Kippur, that year, the year he was there, Birch Sabanim, that was totally packed, in a way that, that you can't even describe how packed it is. Going back to the room. And, what? Yeah. The Rebbe was speaking about this halacha, about the, the earthenware. He was crying. The Rebbe said, earthenware, it, if, if, it's, if it receives earthenware. Klicheres, klicheres, klicheres. The Rebbe said, a Jew can never become tamay. A Jew can never become impure. Even though a Jew may have an apart in him which is about receiving, but ultimately a Jew is like a pipe which both receives and gives. That means Hashem wants us on the one hand not to discount our virtues. Humility doesn't mean that you ignore your talents. Say, I don't have talents. I don't have gifts. That's not, that's not humility. That's, 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 that's just falsehood. Torah is true. Torah is real. Hashem wants you to recognize you have gifts, you have things to give the world, but at the same time, why do I have these gifts? What does Hashem want me to do with these gifts? I, I, I was given these gifts to accomplish something. In Israel, in Ranana, there's a Jew there whose name is um, his name is Yehuda Weiss, he grew up in a town near Lodge called Kunin. And uh, his parents sent him to Lodge to go to Yeshiva, to go to Sachet Shaver Rav. 
and didn't. It wasn't like you tell you go to yeshiva. There's a dormitory. There's a kitchen. There he, he starved. He was standing outside the, the, the synagogue at night, hoping someone was show, would throw him some bread. Where did he sleep? He slept on, a, on some boxes in a, in a warehouse. Not like a warehouse like this. You know, there's at least a recognition. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was a warehouse. You know, with, with rats. A crazy place. Anyways, so he unfortunately the Nazis came. He was taken to Dachau. He was went to concentration camp. Unfortunately. He went, he's alive, he went from the left, Mengele sent him to the right, he survived, but he lost his film. He can't really retain anything when you go to Auschwitz, he lose everything, but he lost his film. One day, he's doing his job over there, and this train is passing by, and this train slows down, and this guy throws out from the train a little suitcase. And he went and he runs, he picks up the suitcase, what was inside the suitcase? The pair of film. Apparently this guy knew, this Jew knew he was going to be killed, he wanted at least someone else to wear this film. He got, got the film from there. He put the film in his bunker, and he put on film every day. One day, the Nazis come into the bunker, they see the film. Who does this film belong to? Belongs to me. Belongs to you. So they beat him up, and they decide, and they, they uh, it's, a, it's a, 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 a terrible crime. Is going. They said they, they said they announced that he was going to be hung in front of the whole camp. So all the Jews are gathered. They're looking at this guy, going to be about to be hung. What the Nazi says to him before he's hung? You know, we're we're a very you know aristocratical people. We're a honorable people. Do you have any last requests before we hang you? He says, Yeah. Want to eat something? Want to drink something? What do you want? Want my film? Want to put on film? So give him the film. Puts on the film. And as customary, in, to many people, the custom, it, after he puts on his film, the shayad, the shayrash, the head film, the hand film, then he puts on his finger. And, he, and, and the whole place, or the whole ground over there is full of tears. And he says, He says, We won them. He says, Look at us, he says. We put on film to the end of our lives. They can't stop us. And, and the Nazis. Are, are very like, you know, he's, he's encouraging them, it's, it's, it's an insult to them. So one German officer passes by over there at that moment, he says, hey, um, this is going to die like that? Let's beat him up first. Don't just kill him like that, beat him up. And they were so angry at him, said, okay, good idea. Uh, before he gets hanged, we're going to beat him up a hundred with, with a hundred blows, and if he survives a hundred blows, then we'll put him, send him alive to the gas chamber. That was the, that was the, so they, they beat him up, he faints, the same officer passes by and he says, he picks him up and he takes him back to his barracks. He survived and is alive. There, there is a lot of things that, you know, that we, we get, get involved in day-to-day life. But Hashem tells us, start off your day every day. Say, Mo Who am I? Where, what am I about? Sometimes you walk into a room and everyone's dancing. Nowadays it happens because people have headphones, right? But imagine <laughs> you're deaf. Imagine you're deaf. You walk into a room, everyone's dancing. Like, you know, what are they dancing? Baal Shem Tov says, you say, you see people dancing? You know, you know what? It's because you can't hear the music. There's music going on. Hashem is telling us, think about why you're here and what your mission is until, until you get there. Until you get to, until you get to be at the Mashiach. L'chaim, l'chaim. And he says something very interesting. He says, you know what? What did, what did, what did the Germans wanted to do during the Holocaust? It wasn't just to eliminate us. It wanted to eliminate the Jews, the, the Jewish religion, the Jewish tradition, the, the Judaism altogether. 
that if we did get upset and forget about the living, forget about forget about everything else they want. Because my mother, she died the last day, Rabbi Allah, right, the last day. Uh, on, on, on the Before, liberation day. But anyway, he says, my mother, now she has great grandchildren in Israel, Jewish kids, he's like five generation rabbi or something. Like, son is rabbi. This is how we won. My mother won. We just gave it up because we're upset and we gave up our tradition, our religion. We, they won war. This way we won. Isaac, we are keeping our tradition. You started this year very good, you ended very good. Next week, you're going to do the whole thing. <laughs> I'm going to get it at Emsa. Bakasha.